Hello and welcome to the Adventure Podcast. This podcast is about helping listeners learn from and meditate on our sermons from anywhere at any time. Thanks for joining and let's get started. Jesus went into the garden of Gethsemane to be obedient to the Father because Adam and Eve chose disobedience in their garden. Adam and Eve hid behind a tree in nakedness and shame, but Jesus hung on a tree in nakedness to conquer shame. Adam and Eve began in a paradise but were forced outside the gates due to the curse of their sin. Jesus died outside the gates to end up in paradise because of the punishment for our sin. Adam and Eve's sin ushered in a curse of thorns, but Jesus wore a crown of thorns as he ushered in forgiveness for the sin. Man, that's the beauty of this week as we stop and we remember. And Easter Sunday is a lot like New Year's Day for a lot of people. It's a day where they make some resolutions. It's kind of the day where we start thinking, I think I should commit. I think I should kind of recommit to starting over again. And we think, you know what, I need to get a little, bit, a little bit more invested in God. And Easter is obviously, this is the life-changing opportunity that many of you have been waiting for. So we're getting into a series today designed to help you be a little bit more invested in your relationship with the Lord. We want to help you mature spiritually. Now, why would we do that? So truth be told, just between you and me, Most of the problems in our lives come from spiritual immaturity. I mean, when we're not spiritually mature, we believe all kinds of dumb things. When we believe all kinds of dumb things, we do all kinds of dumb things, right? We are manipulated by our emotions. We are manipulated in ways where what we think is true is actually incorrect, It's inaccurate, and honestly, it's just immature. But mature people make decisions based on truth, not on how they feel at the moment. We had about 60 people at sunrise service today. I'm not totally sure Jesus might not have skipped this one. Um, It was cold out. I would have probably stayed in the ground a little bit longer. It was really cold out there today. But after that, we took off and we went to uh, the machine shed, which, by the way, you're supposed to have a reservation for on Easter. But 13 of us got in there because we were the first people. (laughs) So we got in there, and I ate a lot, and right now I need a nap. Um, But I'm not going to give in to that. not going to give in to that. See, the problem is trouble naturally follows people who don't do what is wise. Ever notice that? Trouble follows people who don't wise up. And God's will for you is that you become spiritually mature. But he doesn't do that for you. That's your part of the deal. That's what you do. He leaves that up to you. God will guide you, but you put in the effort. God will provide for you teachers 
and resources, but your growth is up to you and what you choose to do with that teaching and with those resources. Follow with me, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. I'm going to have you underline and I'm going to have you circle a couple things here. This is to continue until all of us are united in our faith and in our knowledge about God's Son. Until we become mature, now just uh, underline all the way to the period here. Until we measure up to Christ, who is the what? He's the standard. He's the judge. He's the point, right? He's the judge on this. Now, how do we know when we have leveled up to his standard? Verse 14. Then we will, be no, we will no longer be little children tossed and carried about by all kinds of teachings that change like the wind. In other words, social media will have little effect on you. We will no longer be influenced by people who use cunning and clever strategies to lead us astray. Social media again. Instead. As we lovingly speak the truth, we will circle these two words. Grow up. We will grow up completely in our relationship with Christ who is the head. We are not intended to remain immature just as we were when Christ found us. He accepts us the way he finds us. He loves us the way he finds us, but he does not accept us staying the way he found us. That makes sense? You with me here? See, salvation is your launching point, not your destination. Salvation is where it begins, not where all of your development ends. And Jesus is the ultimate picture of what spiritual maturity looks like, what emotional maturity looks like, what intellectual maturity looks like. So to know how to respond in a mature way, we need to understand how Jesus would respond. And it's important you get, just as there are physical laws in the universe, there's the law of gravity, right? You can't fight it. You can't fight it long. How about that? Everything that goes up comes down. There's gravity. You, we don't understand it, but it's there. There are other laws of physics. We don't understand, but you can't violate them. They're simply how things work. God has established spiritual laws in your life. For the same purpose, and they are just as solid and unbreakable. So if you want to grow, if you want to become a better person, if you want to become who God made you to become, if you want to reach your God-given potential, you got to cooperate with those laws. So let's look at those. Law number one in your notes. I grow best when I feed on God's word. You know, just like I cannot be physically healthy and eat the way I ate this morning. <laughs> Guarantee I can't. Probably not going to enjoy this this afternoon. Um, just like you can't physically eat anything you want. You can't just eat junk food spiritually all the time either. You can't be spiritually healthy unless you feed on the word of God. Watch this from Matthew 4. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So God wants you and me to feed on Scripture every day. Now listen, I'm not going to kid you. It could be five minutes, could be ten minutes, could be fifteen minutes. could be an hour if you have that kind of discipline. doesn't really matter how long it is, but God wants you to do it. Why? Acts chapter 20. 
Now I am putting you in the care of God and the message about his grace. That message is able to give you strength and it will give you the what? The blessings that God has for all his holy people. Could you use the blessing of God? I know I could. You got to spend time in God's word. All right, now a couple things here. How do you do that? A, I can use a reading plan. You can use a reading plan. You don't have to go out and buy one. Just Google or ask Alexa. Don't ask Siri. She'll get it wrong. Um, she'll bring back something. You don't know what it is. Just Google Bible reading plan. Google read the Bible in a year. Google read the New Testament in a year. Just find it. It's out there. There's hundreds of websites that actually, when you click on them, will give you the opportunity to download a PDF so you don't have to buy anything. You can download it to your phone. You can print it out, stick it wherever you do your reading. It's right there. There's all kinds of plans available, so there's no excuse, right? They're all over the place. Now, let me give you the next one, B. I can use the beginner method. And I'm not going to lie. I've been a believer since 1969, and this is still one of my favorites. This beginner plan, this is so easy. I have friends who don't believe in Jesus who use this plan. I'm about to give you to read one book of the Bible every month. Go to the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. There's a couple, they're gone. <laughs> It'll say we had some, are there some still back there? All right, so if you're the first people to fight back there, it's WWE over these little books. You can grab any of the books on that shelf and take them home with you. You can get a little book of Proverbs. You can also order it from Amazon. And all it is is the book of Proverbs from the Old Testament. The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters in it. That's one chapter for each day. So whatever day of the month it is, that's what you read. So today's the 17th, so you would read chapter 17. Thank you. That's, this is amazing, but some of you can't figure out when our Christmas Eve service is. Um, But you just read that chapter and you say, oh, I don't have that kind of discipline. I guarantee you, you have the kind of discipline to read Proverbs. You know how I know? There's a room in your house <laughs> that you're going to be in every day for at least a few minutes. Multitask. <laughs> All right, just go in there and multitask. It takes five minutes to read one of the chapters in Proverbs. You have plenty of time. You do that every day, and by the end of the month, you will have read through every, you will have read every chapter in the book of Proverbs. You have completely read through what the Jews call the book of wisdom. Man, do you think having God's wisdom into your life every day would help? Yeah, and you do that every month, and by the end of the year, you will have read the book of Proverbs 12 times. I'm sure some of it will stick. <laughs> Man, your friends will be calling you Yoda at work because they'll have a problem, and you'll go, well, better to be locked up in a drippy closet, whatever. So you'll, you'll come up with something, all right? It'll all be good. So you just keep doing that. And I'll tell you, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy way to get started. We're going to give you a simple action step with each one of these laws today. So here's your action step. If you don't already have a Bible reading program every day, 
Start reading through Proverbs. Download the YouVersion app onto your phone and just read it right off your phone. But every day, read one chapter of Proverbs for the next 40 days. It's a big deal. All right, law number two. I grow best when I learn in different ways. It's really important. I grow best when I learn in different ways. No two of us are the same. No two of us have the same fingerprints. We don't have the same eye scans. We don't have, uh, you know, we, have a, we even have unique heartbeats. And we all have unique learning styles. We all learn differently. And as a good student matures, remember those kids that were in your school that were like brainiacs? They could do everything. I mean, you're just like, I hate you. You know, and they're, they're like horribly upset because, you know, their grade point actually was 4.0 and not 4 point something higher. You know how they did that? They learned in more than one way. That's how they did that. They learned in multiple ways. That's how we do it. That's what happens. And there are a variety of styles. When we learn those varieties of styles, it reinforces what we know. Look at Luke chapter 3, verse 18. In many different ways, John preached the good news. That's John the Baptist, by the way. John preached the good news to the people. Well, how did he preach in different ways? Why did he preach in different ways? Because all of us learn in different ways. I mean, do you realize, some of you haven't been around here long, but I have never done all the teaching here. Until COVID, I brought in at least four other local pastors that I respect to teach for a weekend or two. We've just always done that. I don't teach a lot of the small groups. We have other people teaching those groups. And the reason for that is because it's better if you learn from more people. That's part of why we have Travis on. Travis is going to teach a little bit different from me. And I think it's important for you to hear the word of God. I don't think your diet should come all through just one personality. And by the way, for the record, let me just throw this out. It doesn't bother me if you come up to me and tell me, man, we really like Travis. I never understood this before. You've taught on this a million times, but when Travis taught it, I finally got it. That does not upset me. That makes me happy. That's why he's here, right? We want you to learn from different styles. And even while Travis is here, we're still going to bring in other pastors to teach once in a while because we want you to hear from other people. We all have different styles of, uh, of teaching. We all have different styles of learning. All right, now, let's go through some of these different ways. A, I may be an auditory learner. So an auditory learner learns by listening, right? You hear it. You get it. You learn through the ear. Listen, if this is you, if you're an auditory learner, I can already tell you, you like podcasts and you listen to talk radio, All right? And you especially enjoy going to conferences and you love coming to church because that's the primary teaching method that's used in those places. The problem is not everybody's an auditory learner. People who aren't auditory learners come into a, a setting like this and they won't remember it if they don't write it down. So you have listening guides for writing down. All right, let's go to the next one, B. I may be a visual learner. Some of us learn by our eyes. I read a lot. I read a lot. But visual learners generally learn by watching. So a, a, a visual learner says, show it to me and I'll get it. Just show it to me. Let me watch it. If I can watch you, I can do it. So 
There are some things I learn by reading, but then there's other things, like our bathroom upstairs in our house, the tub, got one of them ancient faucets on it. It used to be, we finally got that replaced. God bless Ron Robinson. Um, But it was that one where, you know, the thing pulled in and out and then turned, and about every three years, I have to replace that stupid thing. And they don't make that stuff anymore. If I'm buying it, it's, it's, it's a knockoff of a Chinese thing if I'm putting it in there. That's how bad it was. And you know what I would do to do that? Every year, I actually have it bookmarked on YouTube on my phone. I sit down with the same plumbing guy. I get into the bathtub. Clothes on, by the way. Get into the bathtub. <laughs> I sit down with my tools because I, I just took them all, stuffed them in a little bag. So it's always the tools. It's the only thing they get used for is every three years, they come out for that stupid faucet. And I sit down, and I bring that guy up, and I turn him on, and I watch him in slow motion, and I pause, and I watch him, and I pause, and I watch him. I cuss a little under my breath, and I watch him a little bit more, and then I get it fixed. If I can see somebody else do it, especially if I can play it at my speed really slow and back up, I can do it. All right, C, I may be a dialogue learner. Dialogue learners talk it through. You can show it to them. They can read it. They can watch it. But they want to talk about it. (laughs) They want to discuss it. They have specific questions. And they just got to do it that way. So they need someone who can specifically answer those questions. D, I may be a hands-on learner. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm jealous of these people, and I hate them. All at the same time. Because they can sit down, take something apart, and fix it. Having never seen it before, they figure out how it works. Dan Armstrong. (laughs) There's nothing that guy can't do. He can figure it all out, man. He's a hands-on guy. Ron Reed's just like him. Those guys can repair anything. Job chapter 33, verse 14, God speaks in different ways. So what we're going to do through the next 40 days here is we're going to show you different ways. We're going to teach you about one thing, and that's your relationship and talking with and studying the Lord. But we're going to give you different ways to apply it in your learning. So here's the action step. Learn something in a different way every day. You know what your favorite way is because that's what you do when you sit down to learn something. Find a different way to learn something each day. Law number three, I grow best when I develop spiritual habits. If you build good habits into your life, you're going to have good character. If you have good character, you're going to have good destiny. Your habits determine what you are, but what you are determines where you go in life. Your character is the sum total of your habits. You can say whatever you want about yourself. You can think whatever you want about yourself, but you will be known by what you do. You're going to be known by what you do. John 13, Jesus says, Now that you know these things, God will bless you for knowing them. Is that what it says? No, God will bless you for what? For doing them. That's that's what gets you the blessing is doing those things. You don't get an award for knowing something, for knowing the right thing to do. You get a blessing when you act on what you know, when you do the right thing. And the way you build a habit, a good habit into your life is twofold. I'm going to give you both of these real quick here. A, I develop spiritual habits through repetition. 
and B, I develop spiritual habits through practice. It takes about 21 days to become comfortable with something new. It takes another 21 days before it is a part of your life, before it is ingrained in who you are. I mean, you already know, reading the Bible a little bit every day, praying every day, those are good ideas. You already know that those things will make you stronger. But the reason you don't have a daily time with God is because you've never gone six weeks without missing. It's never become a habit. Here, in fact, I don't even have to know you. Here's what we do. We read the Bible and we pray for a day or two and then we miss a day. So, feeling guilty, we read the Bible and pray for a day or two and then we miss a day. Now, We've gone from guilty to being angry about it. So we read and pray for three days in a row, and then we miss a week. <laughs> and once we miss a week, it grows into a month. See, some of you, you've had great habits in the past, but you've dropped them. Easter reminds us that now is the time to go back to what God wants us to do. Remember, Jesus says, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you... What tenses do? It's present tense. You're always blessed based on your present. What happens when you practice good habits? You grow. And the more you grow, the more you can grow. Hebrews chapter 5. This is an indictment. This is actually an indictment. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what's right. Solid food is for those who are mature who, circle the next two words, through training through training, have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Good habits move us toward maturity. Maturity moves us toward right choices. Tom Brady. Love him or hate him. The most successful NFL quarterback in history. And the oldest player in the NFL. Do you realize that in his teammates, on his team, are fellow players who hadn't even been born yet when Brady started playing football. Holy moly. How does he do that? How does he become and stay the best in the league? He has a list of habits that he does every day with extreme discipline. Habits that others aren't willing to do. I can tell you one habit he does, right? The first thing he does in the morning, he drinks 20 ounces of water as soon as he gets out of bed. Not 20 ounces over the first three hours. <laughs> over the day, 20 ounces first thing when he gets out of bed. Most people don't want to do that. I'll drink 20 ounces, but it's going to have beans in it. It's going to be coffee. <laughs> I will drink that right out. But apparently it's not as good as plain old water. Um, 
But there's a whole list of things he does to stay in peak mental, peak physical, peak emotional shape. He's willing to pay the price. He's developed habits that others aren't willing to develop. Now watch this from 1 Corinthians 9. Now every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither. Okay, so that wreath that the Olympic athletes won that he's talking about was cut, was a small wreath that would go about two-thirds of the way around the head, and it was just the wreath with, with, uh, with leaves on it. It was cut off of an olive tree on Mount Olympus, and when you won your event and you were the best in the ancient world, you won that wreath, which in three or four days, all the leaves would fall off of. <laughs> and then you had an Olympic stick. <laughs> Paul says these people, they deny themselves, they work hard, they discipline themselves, they bring themselves under control to win a simple thing of leaves that's going to turn into a stick at some point, and nobody will know what it was. But, watch what he says, we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. He says they'll do all this self-discipline for something temporary, very temporary. But God's people need to do the same kind of things for something that's eternal. See, the habits you build your spiritual life are going to pay off in eternity. All right, so action step. Let's just do a simple one. Man, make sure you are physically in church each weekend somewhere even if it's not adventure but be there somewhere if you're going to come here come here during the series say well i can't make it every sunday we have a thursday night service with the same message 545 and we serve little cheesers pizza all right so and there goes your there goes your wreath <laughs> right there it's gone <laughs> hebrews chapter 10 let us not neglect our church meetings as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now. All right, law four. I grow best when I help others grow. Hey, no one grows to spiritual maturity by themselves. It doesn't happen. It is not possible. God wired us in such a way that I need you and you need me. We all need each other. If either one of us tries to grow spiritually mature by ourselves, we are going to end up a lonely, stunted, spiritually malformed person, weak and easily deceived. And honestly, probably addicted to a lot of unnecessary drama. That's what happens. See, the more you involve in your life people who are a little bit older than you, a little bit more mature than you spiritually, a little bit stronger in the faith, the more you will grow with them. Spiritual growth is relational in so many ways. We encourage each other because we're better together. Romans chapter 1. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. This is the importance of meeting together with other believers on a regular basis. By the way, I count 50, 58 commands in the New Testament that are called the one another commands. God has commanded us and we cannot fulfill these commands if we are not around other believers. 
Because you can't do something kind for someone you're not around. You can't learn from someone you're not around. We need relationships to grow. But beyond simply attending church worship, it's important that you partner with other believers in volunteering in some way. It is of the utmost importance that as God's people, you learn to volunteer. You commit yourself to serving in some area of kingdom work. You know, I used to always smile when I would be uh, getting young couples, be talking to them about being married, because honestly, you've probably never met two more, or you've probably never met two people who are at a more selfish time in their lives than they are getting ready to get married. And then once they're married, because they are now the kings of their destiny, right? (laughs) They control everything. And so you have these two wonderful people, we've all done it, who are now selfish. And nobody's there to check them. And then I love it when they come and they go, we're pregnant. We're going to have a baby. And I just think, oh my gosh, your world is about to get rocked in ways you can't even imagine. God is inserting into your life one person who's going to be more selfish than the two of you put together. That kid is not going to care what time you went to bed. It's not going to care what you just ate. You know, it's coming. It is going to happen. And we laugh at that because we know the most self-centered person in the world is a baby. It's I, 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 me, me, me. That's translating all the cries, by the way. Everybody exists for my needs. I am the center of the universe. Man, babies are the definition of immaturity, right? And it's only when a baby starts to mature in their life that it begins to think about others. Sadly, we know a lot of adults who've never grown up, right? It's still all about them. You can always tell because it's, they sur- they're surrounded by drama, most of which they create. Listen, you can mature in this area. I'll just tell you straight up. You can uh, join a ministry team here. We have teams for everything from maintaining the grounds to caring for the, caring for the pond to caring for the whole property, all that stuff, the lake property as well. We have painting. We have vacuuming. Um, we have people working in the cafe here. We have people going downtown serving meals from Matthew 25. We have people greeting people. We have uh, people helping with kids from simply holding babies. Say, oh, I can't, I can't, there's nothing I can do. Can you just hold a baby for an hour? Most of them are young enough they'll be asleep. And if they cry, you just, we give them to Dave. I mean, it's really easy to, Dave's the baby whisperer. He can stop any of them from crying. Or you can help with crafts. You can stand in the room and just help be another person. I mean, there's any number of things that you can do. But when we serve others, we ourselves mature. We rise to the occasion in our growth. And we grow best when we grow with the community in an effort. I mean, there's so many ministries here. Um, May 22nd, we're doing a ministry fair in here. You'll get to see most of our ministries, I think, will be represented. And you'll be able to see what you can be a part of. And you'll hear how you can volunteer by just walking around and talking to people. That'll be May 22nd. Again, Hebrews chapter 10, let us think of ways to motivate one another to performing acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our habit of meeting together as some people do. 
right? So your action step, man, find a place to serve. You say, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I, I don't know. I, if I can't do much. I can't do anything physically. You know, we have a, a group of ladies who meets in here every Thursday morning. That worship folder and all that stuff you got, they put that all together. All that stuff that's on your table, they replace all that stuff and make sure it's good to go. They sharpen your pencils and all that. That's their ministry. It's a big team of women. And uh, with the exception of have to deal with Bonnet, I hear it's a pretty good experience. <laughs> so if you'd like to come and help me assemble everything this week. <laughs> All right, law number five. I'll grow when I expect to grow. Listen, if you're already telling yourself you can't grow, you're, you've handicapped yourself already. Jesus once told a blind man in Matthew 9, it shall be done to you according to whose faith? Your faith. Remember when they brought the paralyzed guy to Jesus, they had to cut a hole in the roof and lower him down? It says Jesus looked at the friends and saw their faith and healed that guy. wasn't that guy's faith. It was the friend's faith. Listen, when you believe God can do something, God will do something. You see, there's only faith if there's action. If there's no action, you don't actually have faith. That miracle that God wants to do in your life is always predicated on actions that you're willing to take. Action in, that involves a willingness to surrender whatever it is you've got to let go of. To accept whatever it is you need to accept, to own whatever you need to own. The willingness to study and learn what God wants for you. Faith that God will do what is best even if you don't understand it or agree with it. That's how it works. A lot of times we think that faith is telling God what we want him to do and then declaring that he's going to do it because you believe. You name it and you claim it. That's not what faith is. That's not what faith is. God is not your sock puppet. <laughs> faith is what Jesus demonstrated in his prayer on that Thursday evening before his death when he was alone in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mark chapter 14. Faith, he says, Father, everything is possible for you. Yet, here's where faith steps in. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. See, when we pray, we're supposed to pray according to God's will and what God wants. And God's already told us that his will for us is to become mature and become more and more like Jesus. So here's your action step for this week. Choose to grow through everything that happens this week. Good things and bad things. Choose to grow. Don't choose, don't choose convenience, choose growth. Don't choose anger, choose growth. Don't choose offense, choose growth. Don't choose to settle for being like everyone around you. Choose for being like Jesus. All right, last one, law number six. I'll finally grow when I commit to growing. So when we choose to grow, when we intend to grow, when we own the actions to grow, we understand spiritual growth is a choice. It's not automatic. I mean, in fact, you know, you can grow older without growing up, right? That's why we have that saying, there's no fool like an old fool, right? Growth is not automatic. Growth is an intentional choice. You get to choose to grow. You've got to choose to do the habits, 
You've got to choose to own the actions, to make the effort. Let me ask you a real per really personal question. So one year from today, how will your life be different? How different do you intend to be? Do you intend to be stronger? Do you intend to be still stuck in the same problems? Do you want to be more mature? Or do you want to be the same way you are today? It's 100% your choice. It doesn't depend on anybody but you to make that choice. Action step. I need to commit to spiritual growth no matter what. You know, a year from today, some of you are going to be much better people. You're going to be much stronger people. You're going to be much more mature people. You're going to be much more helpful to those who are around you, encouraging to those around you. Some of you, next year, you're going to be in the exact same spot or you're going to be in a worse place. Some of you probably going to be a steaming mess unless you choose. You've got to make a choice. See, to be blunt, you are as close to God as you choose to be. If you feel far from God, understand God doesn't move away from you ever. That's your motion. Jeremiah 29, God encourages us and he says, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you. Bottom line is this. What are you going to do for the next 40 days? Nothing? You're going to just skip the action steps? Fold them up, take them home, put them wherever you put them? Throw them in a recycle bin? What are you going to do? You've got to put this stuff into action. You've got to step up to the plate. You've got to develop some new habits that can guide your life. Would you bow with me? Father, I look out on these people today, and I love them. These are good people. We've all been through a lot of ups and downs in life. Some of them, we've been up and we've been through the ups and downs together. And this Easter, Father, we commit ourselves to growing in you, to maturing spiritually, to honoring you with our choices and our actions, to proving the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is in our lives. I pray a blessing on every person here today who commits to growing intentionally over the next 40 days. Father, thank you in advance for what you're going to do in my life and in the lives of everyone here who chooses today to serve you. We know that growth is a choice. We pray that as we build these habits in our lives, we will become true men and women of God in a, in a world that is filled with unstable, flaky, uncommitted drama-filled people. Father, I pray this blessing in your name, in the name of your Son and in the name of your Holy Spirit.